This is Rugamatrix America. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA 7's International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international 7s teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7s. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7s and 15s playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LBIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on Stations Casinos Hotels. Once again, go to LBIRugby.com for details. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge is now available for pre-order at GameStop and the store at GameShark.com. Order now and get a free t-shirt with pre-orders. Games Radar says the game looks fantastic and plays smoothly. A long time coming and worth the wait. Get your copy today and get the game hailed by Gamer Fusion as a great experience. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge offers an unrivaled Xbox 360 rugby experience. Featuring 93 teams and 31 stadiums, online leaderboards, in-game Dolby Digital, and multiplayer voice chat. Buy now and be among the first to play this acclaimed game and get a free rugby t-shirt. Check out GameStop, GameShark.com, and check out the ad on our main page at RugbyMag.com for more. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This is Alex Goff, editor-in-chief of RugbyMag.com, and I am right in the middle of growing the world's uh, most impressive mustache here as I work on my Movember team, so keep uh, make sure you check on RugbyMag.com and also the Movember website to keep track of my team or come join the RugbyMag team and grow a mustache to raise money for men's cancer charities. So check out on that. And while I've been busy doing that, other people have been doing really important things. And uh, uh, Pat Clifton is coming to us from Kansas City half blind because he got his uh, left eye closed by uh, when he unwisely smashed into someone's head with his eyeball and uh, and Bruce McLean over in New York is working hard too so first of all Pat how's it going with the eye yeah never a good decision to eye butt someone's uh, head (laughs) or have your eye head butt by someone else in a ruck but no I'm doing all right it's uh, I guess it's going down a bit but I am definitely going to be one one eye during this entire conversation. So if I have to look up anything during it, it may be completely wrong. I only may get half of the uh, the story on whatever I'm looking up while we're talking. You just have no depth perception. And, That's right. Uh, and and Bruce, for the for for once, we're talking about someone else's ailments and not yours. Yeah, I'm going and have tendon transfer surgery tomorrow morning. Oh, and um fun. and yeah, and Halloween is a difficult time of year for me. For ten months, I had been 
so disciplined from January through the end of October. And then I really, I, I dropped 60 pounds. It was fantastic. And then I'll tell you, just became a big Johnny fat ass eating all that candy. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I buy buy stock and Snickers and Twix and, and Hershey's because for crying out loud between that and the M&Ms, I ate enough candy in one week for people to have for a year. So after my surgery, I hope to God that I get back into my disciplined ways and, 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 get this extra five pounds that I probably picked up along the way this week. But anyway, big stuff but, happening, big stuff happening. And part from, you know, you've, you've got to buy, uh, you've, you've got to buy Halloween candy that you don't like. And I think that's the key, uh, works for me. Uh, it, this is the first show that uh, after I got back from Guadalajara and, and the Pan Am games, and I have to say that the Pan Am games was, uh, was really nicely run as a very, Nice little uh, rugby stadium that they built in Guadalajara, and that's worked out great. And uh, Canada won the, the gold medal. Uh, they beat Argentina in the final. The USA just got by Uruguay in the bronze medal game to win the bronze medal. Uh, now, it was a weird tournament because the USA, all through it, if you look at the scores, none of the scores really made you jump up and down and say, wow, they really took control. They beat Chile by four, 14 to 7. They tied Brazil 1919. Uh, didn't play particularly well there. Then, then at the same time, uh, Canada was winning their games by huge scores. And then at the end of the day one, USA and Canada played. And in fact, USA had a really good shot of winning that game and ended up losing 29 21, I believe. And then in the, the next day, the, the USA easily beat Guyana in the quarterfinals. That wasn't a surprise. And then they played Canada again in the semifinals, and that was a game that they lost by two points. They gave up a try right at the end of the game. It was sort of a, a, a weird defensive breakdown uh, and a turnover to a defensive breakdown that gave up the winning try. And they should have, in, in a lot of ways, they should have won that game. And then they turn around and had to do the same thing that had happened to them. They had to do that to Uruguay, and they scored on the last play of the game. Zach Tess made it, scored a great try to beat Uruguay. So it's sort of an up-and-down thing. Congratulations on the USA for, making, uh, for winning a bronze medal, but at the same time, uh, there were some things they could have done better. Um, and before we get into it, before I get into it anymore, I guess, uh, I did catch up with the USA captain, Shalom Suniula, and we talked a little bit about the Pan Am Games and a little bit about what's coming up ahead. And so this is me with uh, Shalom Suniula after the Pan Am Games. Okay, so we are here with USA 7's captain Shalom Suniula, uh, now all the way in Sri Lanka, having played for the USA team in the Pan Am Games in Guadalajara. So uh, thanks for taking the time, Shalom, and, and, uh, and how is that flight to Sri Lanka? My pleasure. Thanks, Golf. Um, the flight to Sri Lanka was brutal. Uh, <laughs> we had a, from Guadalajara, we went to Houston. And leaving Guadalajara was, uh, we assembled uh, outside our rooms at like 2 in the morning. And then by the time we got to the airport, everyone wanted to get the first flight out of there, out of Guadalajara. So it was, it was a shambles at the Guadalajara airport. Anyway, we got through, pressed through it, and then we got to uh, Houston, and then from Houston, everyone um, kind of split up. But um, yeah, then we had a long layover in, J in New York. Then JFK was like a 15-hour flight to to Dubai. Then had a another 
eight-hour layover, and then finally the final four hours to Sri Lanka. So all in all, travel days, um, yeah, you just got to press through it, and it's part of the job. Yeah, but that that sounds pretty crazy. Now, I I thought I was in the middle of the 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 heavy traffic in the Guadalajara airport at about uh, five a.m. Uh, yeah. on the same day. But I I think I missed the worst part of it. But but what they what you had were all these teams checking through massive bags of equipment that were all being independently searched and then yes, piled up somewhere. X-ray machines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, without X-ray machines. Just what got... I found fun was, how do you have X-ray machines at the games and not have it at the airport? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. I, was, I found that totally weird. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, it is a little nuts. So so you're in Sri Lanka for the, the Carlton 7 series where they have yeah. local players on teams and then they bring in overseas players to come play as well. And yeah. and you've been assigned a team. Uh, who's on, What team are you on and who, who are you playing with? Um, so, yeah, my team's called the Stallions. Excellent. That's the, yeah, that's the club name. And um, there's three foreigners in our team. So there's myself and two other Kiwi guys. Uh, from New Zealand, and uh, and Al is our head coach. Oh, excellent! excellent. Yes, yeah, so I was lucky enough to get drawn out of the hat and get put in Al's team. So, yeah. Well, that works out. That works out outstanding. Okay. Definitely. Well, that 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 should be fun, and I know that there are a bunch of other uh, USA uh, players or guys who are trying to get on the USA team out there as well. Um, yeah. But l- let's look. Uh, let's look back at last weekend. Um, and and first of all, you know, congratulations on getting a bronze medal. It's the first, you. you know, it's it's an Olympic, it's an Olympic event. It's the first Olympic event uh, style event for uh, American rugby since 1924, and and uh, and so that's that's tremendous. Now you you look at it, and and you know, we as a as a reporter, I I actually people will laugh at this, but I actually do try and, and stop myself if I sound too negative on this. But here's the thing. You were two points away from making the gold medal game. Yes. You were also a point away from not being eliminated because all eight teams went into the quarterfinals. But had you had you lost to Brazil and you tied them, things might have been very different. Your path might have been easier. Might have been harder. We don't know. Um, but you could have you could have uh, been in a, a difficult position. And then you look at the bronze medal game, which you which you won on the last play. So what I'm saying yeah. is that you were. You were this close to winning gold, and this close to not winning anything. Would you agree that it was it was that tight? Yes, yes, I totally agree. And that's the nature of sevens. That's what sevens can do. That's the that's the that's the cool thing about the the game of rugby sevens. It could go either way, and it's not over till that final whistle goes. You really got to play right to the end. And um, and you're right about the gold medal game. Uh, sorry, the qualifying game to get to the gold medal game against Canada, where we lost right at the end. They did to us what we did to Uruguay in the bronze medal game. So, yeah, we're yet so close, yet so far away. Were Were you frustrated or or down? And I know that you guys gathered right after that game against Canada, yeah. which if guys if people didn't see it, uh, you were leading and you gave up a try right at the end. Um, yes, uh, I was yeah. very upset. And because in day one, we had completely just flushed day one. Day one, we don't know what was up our um, – I mean, with a whole new bunch of players, we were just trying to get our combinations together. Um, 
and so from day one, we learned a, we learned a lot from day one. Day one was a complete mirror in front of our face going into day two, and day two we completely turned things around, and uh, we got a defensive structures together, and yeah, just I mean one simple turnovers can t- lead into tries, and it was a lesson learned. But you were, you managed to put that behind you, and Uruguay is a very tough team. And Uruguay, yeah, they yeah. play a similar style to Argentina. I think they're a they're a wannabe Argentina team, and they're very close. Uh, they're trying to mirror the style of Argentina, and um, yeah, I think because Argentina only just pipped them in in, uh, in their semifinal. Well, that, that's right. It was all really just bunched up. So yeah. you you look back on it. Do you feel like had you beaten Canada, you could have won the gold? Definitely. Every time I look at my bronze medal, I. I imagine it being gold. I think about that all the time. I think about that last try that was scored. I think about ways that we're, what if I held him into the corner? What if we did this different? What if, should have, could have, would have. You know, I have a bunch of those thoughts every time I look at my medal. I try and leave it behind, but it's tough. It's tough when you look at that bronze medal wishing it was gold. Right. Well, it's only been a couple of days, so, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> give yourself time. Um, looking at the team that you had, uh, yeah. you had you had a you have a bunch of young players you're still very young yourself but you know you have a bunch of young players and several who'd never played international sevens before uh Falau, yeah. a lot of good things uh from Falau, uh, uh mako nufe a lot especially offensively i think mako still has more to do defensively positioning wise yeah. but but offensively just really poised Rocco Maurer did a lot of good things in the time that he had on there and um and then some guys who'd who've been there but sort of been away from it like Blaine Scully and and yeah. uh, and and Mille. Um so so tell me a little bit about some of the were you were you surprised because that there were uh, good things that came out of these guys? Yeah, I was hoping that it didn't take us 2 days to get things together. It kind of did take us a day and going into day 2, I think if we had an extra day, if it was a 3-day tournament, things would have been perfect on day 3. But that wasn't the way that wasn't the case. So I wasn't too surprised. I mean, Miller, you're right. Miller's been around, and I think Miller did well. Um, Blaine, he uh, he fitted right back into the squad, perfect, I think. And in regards to the new guys like Maka and Rocco, um, I think they did an outstanding job, and Falau also. I think they did an outstanding job um, for their first time. I know it's not like the series, and you're not, we didn't play our top-tier teams like the likes of England's, Australia's, New Zealand's. So I think going on to the series, that was a perfect tournament to lead up to the series, to give them a little glimpse anyway. Um, I think uh, in previous years, we never had a chance to play tournaments before the series. So as a new guy, as a rookie, you'd never get to experience playing other top teams. So I think they did very well. And... Um, well, that 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 warm up situation. That was the, my next question. Is the warm up is so huge because yes, you, can, you can go through these mistakes and you're not looking about yeah. saying, "Oh my my goodness," you know, we're worried about now playing for the shield because we we made a couple of little mistakes here. You're able yeah. you're able to get through that stuff and also have a little bit of success. Yeah, definitely have a little bit of success, and that builds confidence, and that's something that even experienced guys need. And um, yeah, so I think. Going into the series now, we're pretty confident and we know what we're, we're not so good at and what we're good at. And so when it comes to the series, there really is no excuse and you can't keep using the same excuse 
all the time. So it's perfect. Now, uh, anybody who was at the stadium, just about anywhere you were sitting, when the USA was on the field, they could hear you calling out encouragement and instruction on defense. You were down there in the sweeper position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yelling your head off. Yes, I was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's one of my – because you can see a lot from the back, I'll tell you that much. You can see a bunch of holes and – and you can kind of read read ahead of what's going to happen in the defensive line just by what the attack is doing. And, and yeah, it's my job to scream my head off from the back to – and and believe it or not, the guys love it. Well, I can the believe it. They, they, if, if they hear it, um, you know, they, they, they – I mean, you were talking about spreading out a certain direction, having a look yeah. at uh, – and that, that, was, that was very clear. I try and do that as much as I can because I know the boys, as much as your mental talk on the field, it's tough when you're tired. And I understand that. I understand that as a player. And so the least they could do is just hear it. And and that way they can just respond by just hearing. And if they do it or not is another story. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, looking ahead now to the, the series, um, you start off in Australia. Correct. And then move on to Dubai. You have yeah. th- there's a different aspect to um, and and obviously you're not picking the team. Al Caravelli's picking the team, but yeah. he he has he has uh, Matt Hawkins should be uh, healthy for him, and also uh, Pate Tuilavuka uh, yeah. will be eligible. He's not eligible to play in the Pan Am Games, but uh, the the rules are different for the IRB series. You just need residency. You don't need a passport, and that that's how Pate gets in there um, if if he's picked, but Let's imagine that I mean it, what is likely does happen, and Matt or Pate makes the team. Yeah. Uh, what they do is they bring something that um, you you didn't really have in in Guadalajara, which was another size guy, big, yeah. strong, powerful, uh, a bit of a ball hawk, uh, very experienced. Um, how how does that help you? Matt Hawkins brings experience to the table, and that you can't. You can't replace, you know, experience. Matt's he's got several tournaments under his belt, and it'll be good to have him back in the squad. He um, keeps the forwards cool-headed and keeps um, keeps the ship steady up front, and that's what we need. We need a perfect go forward on either end, whether we have a proper one side and a go forward winger like the you know, likes of uh, Maka, uh, Miller, and whoever else is in that mix in the, in the wingers for the right. RRB series coming up. And, and Hawkins, just, he's just a cool, calm, calm player, and that's what we need. Actually, have you spent much time playing with Pate, or, or do you really? No, actually, Pate, I haven't spent much time playing with him besides 15, so I'm very curious. I've heard a lot of great things about him, and I know all Fijians are natural sevens players, so I, I don't doubt that whatsoever, but I'll be interested to this upcoming camp will be interesting. Now, I'd, be, I'd love to see him play. Now, this this camp, and Al Caravelli mentioned this uh, in the last time I interviewed him, how competitive the camp will be. Nessie Malifa is also uh, probably going to be back in camp. Um, yeah. And, and uh, um, Andrew Duratalo is going to get another shot. And, yeah. Uh, and so, and Justin Boyd, obviously, Miles Craigwell, all these people coming in. Suddenly, you look yeah. down the list, and almost every one of them has international sevens experience or some other experience that makes them extraordinarily valuable. Yeah. Um, what, 
when you've been on a when you've been at a camp where it's pretty obvious who the 12 players are and when you've yeah. been at a camp when it's not obvious and there's um it's really competitive like this last one in fact yeah. what what's the is, is the atmosphere different are they always one more enjoyable than another yeah we enjoy the competitive one more i think i do personally it's because you're on your toes continuously and and the team progresses more when a lot of guys have had experience. You know what I mean? We don't have to go through old stuff and reteach stuff that the experienced guys already been through. Not basics you, you got to do every time, and I understand that. But uh, I'm talking about you know moves and stuff like that, and it helps if everyone has has been on the circuit before because we can progress forward as a team, and that's that's where USA should be heading, and I think we're heading that way. So it's it's, it's exciting. Good. And then going into the circuit, uh, going into the uh, the first uh, IRB World Series tournament, is there something that I mean, are, are you sort of rehearsing in your head as captain? What message you want to give to the players and how to, how to start, how to get started in those yeah. first couple of games? Yeah. Uh, the message I want to put to my players is, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I like leading with my actions. If I can... If they can look at me and, and, and out in the field and they can hear me talking to them every time, helping them when I can, um, that's the message I just that I want to put forward to them. Sorry, and um, yeah, and leading up, I just I want to lead by example on the field. That's how I that's how I see myself leading the team. A, a lot of fans they don't get to um, get much information about uh, some players, and especially. You know, the, the, you get these questions about, you know, how does somebody qualify for the USA, stuff like that. And yeah. you, were, you were born in American Samoa. And, and you and your, your two brothers, uh, Andrew and, and Roland, uh, went to school in New Zealand, um, yeah. which partly explains the accent. And, uh, and, and you've been playing – you've played in New Zealand. You've played in Australia. You've played in Iowa um, <laughs> of, of all places. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I guess the in the end – you know, you're you're sort of like a lot of rugby players. You played all over. You you played for a lot of teams. Yeah. What is what does it mean to you? What does it feel like uh, to put on that jersey? To put on that USA jersey? And 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 also, what did it feel like to be on that podium? To answer the first question, what does it feel like to put on the jersey? After after a year of playing, and then finding out the history behind USA rugby. And then you, you you see everyone that comes to camp, and uh, and try out and and try out for the team, and those who don't make it, and then you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pride with it. You know, there's a lot of pride that goes with it because knowing the guys that went before me, that served before me, and the next generation after, and especially those who come to camp and put on all the hard work and don't get selected. So for me, I'm representing them, as well as the as well as everyone who didn't even get an invite to camp that I know of that, 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 that trained so hard every day to try and get an invite or try and get Al's attention. And so that's what I, uh, that's the kind of pride that I wear the Jersey with, you know, knowing that there's a lot of, that there's a lot of guys out there who, who are working hard, who are putting the OT, putting an OT overtime to try and to get a chance to play for their country. And yes, for me, it's really, it's a special moment. It's a special moment knowing that others could have could do it, but they um they just never got the chance to. You know what I mean? And so, sure. 
So that's that's what I take away the most. It's because that's what I see when I come to camp and when I come to America. And obviously, I didn't grow up there. So, you know, the whole the rivalry between Canada, I didn't really understand that at first. You know, just the small yeah. stuff like that. Well, it's not small, but things like that that I didn't really understand as much as growing up in America as like guys like Zach Test understand, you know, um, Todd Clever for 15s. And so, yeah, so... That's what it means to me. And the second question was, sorry, Alex. Oh, it's all right. Uh, what What did it feel like to be on that podium? Um, oh, on the podium, uh, I, yeah. I've always my dreams since we qualified for the Olympics. I mean, not qualified, but since rugby became an Olympic sport, I've always that, that's that was my new goal. That was my new dream. My dream was to go to uh, growing up. Everyone wanted to go to the World Cup or play at the World Cup, but then when that came came round, wow. I started calculating my age. I was like 22, 23, 25, <laughs> you know? I was like, will yeah. I be young enough to still run around? And then I said, yep. And I said, 27, 28. So I'll be like 27, 20, 28 that year. And I thought, I think I'm at the pinnacle age. So that is now my new dream. And so that was just a little glimpse of it. And um, Guadalajara, the setup they had there and the closing ceremony, all that just played a part in it. And, and it's exciting. I'm very excited. They said it'll be 10 times better than Guadalajara's. And I was like, wow, I couldn't even imagine that. That's great. Yeah. Now, what, what was what was the closing ceremonies like? Because you got to oh, um, mix around crazy. with other athletes. It was crazy, Alex. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, the environment was was super cool. It wasn't like the IRB where there's only rugby players around. It was good getting involved amongst all different other, you know, athletes, like your rowers, your, your athletic runners, your everything. And it, it was just nice to be amongst different you know, crowds and you hardly affiliate with uh, with with South American teams. Usually, it's just Argentina on tour, and it was just it was an awesome vibe out there in the closing yeah. ceremony. And uh, the, they had concerts, surprise acts, and yeah, I think yeah, I saw uh, what was it, R Ricky Martin? Yeah, Ricky from... Martin. <laughs> he was the final act, and we all thought we all went no thinking it was going to be Shakira and. No, it was Ricky Martin. And, and the, crowd, the, the crowd went insane for Ricky Martin. The crowd went crazy for Ricky Martin. He's still got it. <laughs> he's still got it. I mean, he's been around for for a while now, but yeah, he still yeah, gets the That's pump. true. Now, the, the other thing, of course, is you're, you're not a rugby player at that point. You're just wearing Team USA. You're Correct. You're USA, um, which, I mean, it's a different feel. There is definitely, you feel more like a wider squad, you know what I mean? You feel like a, when somebody else achieves gold medal, you feel a part of their achievement. You know, if a swimmer gets gold, you feel a part of their gold, you know what I mean? And there's just a big, uh, like, a, you know what I mean, like a wider wider squad. Sure. Rather than just the 12 of you, you know? So, and well, they make you feel a part of the team, too, and that's what it's about, and the camaraderie is awesome. Do you feel... Having played for the Eagles for a while, having been in the United States, do you feel more American than you used to? Yes, definitely. I'm moving here for good uh, sometime this year. I'm getting married in July and moving over, bringing my family over. It's getting tough. Great. Um, you know, playing elsewhere and then always coming back. And my heart is here in America, and it, it, it's grown over the last three years. It's grown more and more, and San Diego is just – it's home away from home, you know. <laughs> Been there so much times, it's just grown into me, and so I'm excited about moving over. And and uh, yes, I do feel American every more and more like an American every time. So it's exciting. Good. Uh, I mean, I love it there. It feels like home. 
I mean, home is to most people is where your family is. And my family currently at the moment is in, is in Australia. And so I, I want to bring them here and make America, you know, permanently home. Excellent. That sounds great. Good, good. Well, you'll be watching over the little things as captain of the USA team. And Shalom yeah. Suni Ula, all the way from Sri Lanka. And uh, having, it sounds like took you three days to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on Rugger Matrix. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Alex. Bye. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge is now available for pre-order at GameStop and the store at GameShark.com. Order now and get a free T-shirt with pre-orders. Games Radar says the game looks fantastic and plays smoothly. A long time coming and worth the wait. Get your copy today and get the game hailed by GamerFusion as a great experience. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge offers an unrivaled Xbox 360 rugby experience. Featuring 93 teams and 31 stadiums, online leaderboards, in-game Dolby Digital, and multiplayer voice chat. Buy now and be among the first to play this acclaimed game and get a free rugby t-shirt. Check out GameStop, GameShark.com, and check out the ad on our main page at RugbyMag.com for more. All right, guys. So uh, that was Shalom. And uh, for any imp- first impressions from what he had to say? I mean, I think that I think that he's correct in his assumptions and, and not in his assumptions and his statements. He was very honest. And, you know, hey, look, at the end of the day, they came out, they meddled. They probably got the appropriate medal in that in that, they, you know, they're given their performances, although they played tight with Canada at, in the semifinal date. They kind of, based on the whole thing, deserved to probably lose that game, and 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 they got the appropriate medal. But that said, they were really, you know, a, a small margin, a smidge away from from perhaps being in the gold medal game and ended up play a tight game with Argentina. So, you know, the, the United States is really is not far off, and there's not much in it. And I think that that shows what international competition sevens and at least the Olympic competition is going to be like. There's not going to be a lot in it. So doing little things well is going to be important. Kicking goals, traveling by sevens instead of traveling by fives, avoiding penalties, things of that nature, keep maintaining possession, having patience. Those types of things are going to be the things that guys need to learn. And then when it's on, you got to score. When you have a chance, you got to convert. And and I think that uh, it was a great learning experience. I mean, considering the experience of the guy, the the international experience of the guys that we brought, um, you know, when, when it came right down to it, they acquitted themselves well, and and unfortunately just came up a little bit short and and got a bronze medal. So this, that's something to be proud of. And and but as as Suniula said, uh, gold would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, obviously gold would have been better, and I think that you made a correct assessment on they probably were the third best team in that tournament. Um, and and just like you said, though, they're a smidgen away from being able to be second or better. They're a smidgen away from not playing for or not having the bronze either. Um, so as you as you said, that's going to be probably the way it's going to be every time that they step on a seventh pitch, um, including in Olympic uh, you know trials and and trying to qualify for the Olympics and hopefully in the Olympics. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree with Bruce's assessment. That it was a good learning experience in terms of if you, you look at this thing through the, the glasses of the Olympics, I think it was very good because you have a lot of guys like Maka and Ufe, I mean, pretty much this entire team, um, save, you know, Bach and maybe, um, 
another player uh, could make the the Olympics, and that's great that they could possibly start getting time together now, and they're young enough, this batch of guys, that they can get experience together now um, before the Olympics and before the trials, um, because the trials, as we know, start a lot sooner than the Olympics do, what, about two years. Um, what is it, 2012 or 2013 that they'll start, Alex? Yeah, they'll they'll start a couple of years early, and and it looks like, as as I understand it, they're going to get a couple of shots at it. Although the second shot's going to be harder than the first, they'll 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 be a North American qualification tournament, I believe. So so essentially, they have to target beating Canada and getting through there. If they don't, there is a repechage tournament, but you've got to think of, think about who would be in the repechage tournament. Some teams like Uruguay, Tonga, uh, Portugal. Uh, Chile, uh, possibly another team from Oceania, another t- another team uh, from from Asia, uh, is go- that would be a very very difficult tournament just to go out and win all the way through. Uh, you know, and th- so so this this is a young team, and and there were some some really great performances, and and with the ball in their hands, they scored. They scored almost all the time. Marco Nufe is terrific offensively defensively he has some things to learn position wise um there were a couple of tries that were scored on his wing where uh it was late and he went for the interception that was basically it it was a three on one i think he went for the interception and i think at that point uh, it was probably uh, a, a good a good risk to take um they were close to being fourth and i think they were close to being first i think the number one problem for them at this tournament was they didn't get enough ball. They could not get the turnovers. They could not be, I don't know if it was physical enough. It seemed to me, in one sense, physical enough in the rucks to get the ball back. And they weren't helped in a couple of games. They weren't helped by the referee. I know Zach Tess got a penalty for coming in from the side when he was the tackler. So he could st- he wasn't in from the side. He wasn't offside. He was part of the tackle. But they needed they needed Matt Hawkins and they needed or they needed Paul Emmerich in there to get the ball back that would have really helped them and i'm i'm looking at this team now going forward and i'm thinking all right so who's going to be in the on the squad possibly for the for the IRB circuit and i'm thinking who played well who didn't play so well um and who's not going to be with them like peter tiberio uh, I'm I'm not sure he's going to be with the team simply because he's uh, going to go back to school. Uh, uh, in addition, I think Nuu Punamata had a rough tournament. I think defensively he had a he he needed to be the guy to step up and steal ball and rock people back with with his tackling, and he didn't do it. So I think you you look at that, you think maybe there are a couple of holes there. Also, Roland Suniula uh, is potentially injured. And may not be available, so there's another there's another space open. But I would say this, and and you know you guys you know, want to you want criti- to uh, um, contradict me, that's fine. But Mark Barkhoven was was fine. I thought Blaine Scully was really good. He's extremely versatile. I thought Zach Test, when he did play, because he was held out a little bit and rested, was great. Um, Shalom Suniula. Vlao Niua was, was really good considering he never played in an international sevens game before. Uh, Maka Anufe, Mile Pula was really wonderful. Those seven guys, I would say, put them on the team. Then Colin Hawley, who's extremely versatile, and Rocco Maurer, who, who did, I think, what he was supposed to do, he just didn't play as much, maybe put him on the team. And then you look and say, well, who, who do you fit in 
that you don't have, you didn't have in the game. You think about Matt Hawkins, Pate Tuilavuka, two big guys. You've got Nessie Malifa coming back in camp, Justin Boyd coming back in camp, Andrew Duratalo, another big guy who's uh, who's a kind of a you know we're not sure. So I want to throw those names out and see what you guys like. I mean, I I really I would love to see Hawkins and Tuilavuka come in, and that changes the profile of the team. makes them. They're still fast, but fast and bigger and more aggressive. I like, um, you know, obviously, I think was the biggest missing piece in this whole thing. Um, Emmerich obviously would have been really great too, but Matt Hawkins brings such a physicality, such a physical effort, uh, and he's a whole load to bring down for everybody. And he's potential to knock somebody, you know, backwards too. I think that as much as they didn't have a guy who could crash up and take three tacklers, they were really missing somebody who could knock somebody backwards in a tackle as well. Um, and I, I think he brings that, and he's a huge addition. So what I was kind of saying earlier was the Olympic guy, um, I think that this was a good tournament through the through the the sevens team now. I, I think it maybe wasn't because of – it wasn't a great thing because I think we see that if Matt Hawkins isn't on the field or in the 12, that it has a very you know adverse effect on the team and how they play. I don't know much of an Andrew Turotalo, but what I've heard, I like. Um, so I would like to see him in there as well. And I think that he, I think, so, I think Nuupunamana does have a chance to get supplanted. But given that Nuu can qualify for the United States in terms of Olympic, um, in their Olympics because of the way he, whatever the eligibility rules are that keep Matt Hawkins and some other guys out of consideration, I think that you're not going to see them throw away Nuupunamata. They're going to keep him as close as you know, to the pocket as they can. And so he might get selected for that simple reason that they need to keep him in the program because they need that forward that they know is going to be able to qualify um, through the Olympic standard. But yeah, it definitely, um, I think Colin Hawley is definitely still on this team regardless. I don't know. I don't see him falling off. And I think that you're going to well, see. Yeah. He, he can play every position, which helps. Right. And, and I'd like to see Miles Craig will get back in it. Um, the real, I, I, I'm not, I don't just root for crossovers because they're crossovers. Miles is a good guy. Um, and I don't, I'm he'd probably be knocking out another good guy. So I'm not going to root for him for that reason, but miles has some physical tools and he has the ability to knock somebody backwards in a tackle better than anybody else who was on the team this year, um, in the Pan Am or in the circuit period. And that ability is something that it's kind of hard to coach and hard to teach, and I'd like to see him be pushed and get back into it. And now that he wasn't selected, it's he knows he's not always going to be selected. And sometimes I think that uh, Al has put those athletes, those crossover athletes, on the team because he's worried um, about the fact that if they weren't selected, would they just give it up altogether? Well, now I think we've seen that with Miles going to Sri Lanka and how committed he's been to the program, he's not just going to give up if he's not selected. But I, I'd like to see that be uh, – a motivating factor for him to 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 improve and and get back and and get into the twelve. I think they are going to have to revamp their team. Uh, I, I I'm not going to say exactly who I believe should be on it. I because it would be ignorant of me not being at at camp or or seeing the things. But I I think that for them to for them to move forward and to improve. They're going to have to take a look and say, how do we want to play or who are we going to pick and how are we going to play based on the strengths of the guys that they have? And and I think that we do have enough quality athletes in our country to 
play and perhaps perform a little bit better, you know, and get, and get a, and get a few better results. I think that the Pan Am games, things went well and the results were okay. Um, you know, I mean, I, I bronze medal was, you know, probably for, by rights, we should have been silver medalists and the people who should have been bronze medalists wound up being gold medalists and the people who should have been gold medalists wound up being silver medalists. So, you know, so again, there's not much in it, but I think that we have more of a capability in being that we're a larger nation uh, to to do well. And, you know, the Argentinian club championships were going on right at that time. So it's a, a real big time in the 15s world in Argentina. So they they probably didn't have a lot of their top players, maybe. Like, I can't say maybe they had they, the top they had seven. A- they Maybe had, they had the top sevens players. But, yeah, well, yeah. No, they they had a they had a youngish team, like the USA USA had the youngest team at the tournament by a by a wide margin. Well, I mean, so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a topic of discussion, um, probably in a in a future show. But the more I think about it, the more I think that that rugby sevens is a specialized game, and and when I look at it, I say, okay, we're going to have. A, a World Cup in 2015. We're also going to have another Pan Am Games, and then we're going to have an Olympics in 2016. And I don't see that we're just going to, you know, rock up and then change gears between 2015 and 2016, providing we qualify. And we're just going to rock up to the Olympics and do well. It's not. That's not the case. No. Olympic sports require intense training on your own like they do in wrestling and crew and you know and 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 many other sports hockey and and all these other not not so much anymore because of the professionals and basketball is a little bit different but most olympic sports is it's a very very lonely training environment and with a few world championships here and there rugby has an advantage and that there are, there is some stuff that guys can do in between but it, when it when it really comes down to it i think that 15s and 7s are different enough that to do it at an elite elite level is going to require specialization now I think that there's going to be people who can go from sevens to fifteens based on the fact that they lose a step or whatever. And I think that people can go from fifteens to sevens, but I, I, I don't think it's going to the contact area is different. The whole sevens is, is a speed and power game. And so guys are going to start to get bigger and bigger and, and they're still going to need the quickness. So, you know, there's a happy medium now and guys aren't quite that big right now, but then at, they'll start to get bigger and bigger. And and then guys are just there's gonna be there's no place for people on the field, you know there's there's gonna be guys really terrific, uh, like for instance a guy like Matt Hawkins who's a fantastic player, at, at Olympic level when you, when it becomes an Olympic sport, the Matt Hawkinses of the world aren't gonna be playing, the Mark Bachovens of the world are not gonna be on the team, not Why on that- any team, not American team, and I I'm just saying gonna- I think that the game is gonna evolve to where. They're gonna be guys that have those skills that are just gonna be faster. I no, I, I agree with you, Bruce. And I, you know, you look at some of the young guys coming up, 
And you know, you you want a uh, longtime rugby players? Do we have who has pace of Rocco Mauer, Peter Tiberio, and Maka Anufe? And there's not a lot, but we've got a crop of those guys, and there's another crop coming out. And then you say, all right, you look at those guys. You look at some guy, some kid who's a freshman in high school who's probably blowing people away and wants to play rugby. You look at someone like Nate Ebner coming out of, uh, uh, or even. Johnson Batamosi coming out of college football, and maybe if they don't play pro football, then they're coming back to rugby, a, a completely different kind of athlete. So I do, I do think we're going to see a different kind of team coming out there. And I think short term, we've, we've, we've actually seen a different kind of team. But I, I guess in the end, what I'm saying is that there are, there are some holes to fill now through a couple of injuries and a couple of guys who, who, who aren't uh, necessarily available and, and, all the the little things that I think that they didn't quite tick those boxes, and especially getting possession out of open play, I think they can tick by bringing in a couple of those guys. And I I think uh, the one other guy we mentioned them right. We said Hawkins, Tulavuka, or Malifa, or Boyd, or Duratalo, or Craigwell. And there's one other guy who's who I think is in there. There's also Jamie Kelm and Greg Ambrogi, who I think are outside candidates but could get in there. But the other guy to think about is Tyanosa, who is an, and he's not an in tight guy. He's a he's a he's a fly half, scrum half uh, kind of player. But he is also a candidate. And so you look at you look at the upcoming camp and think Bachoven, Scully, Test, Suniula, Niua, Unufe, Pulu, Hawley, Mauer. Hawkins, Tuiluvuka, Malifa, Boyd, Craigwell, Inosa, Duratalo, Ambrogi, and Kelm are probably all going to be in that camp. And that is a great camp. And whoever comes out of that is going to be, that's going to be a very good USA team. I agree. Uh, I agree. And I I think that you look and you you mentioned him a little bit earlier, Ebner and Batamosi. And Alex and I have talked off the air about. I think maybe even just through email about the, you look at this team and how young it is and how talented it is. And then you look at some of the kids in college who are possibly or probably better than the guys who are actually making the team that are just not coming out to the camps or being considered available because of what they've got going on in college. And I think the future is very bright and long-term, I think, as I said, and I'll reiterate it, long-term uh, the Pan Ams was a great success in terms of those guys getting experience and seeing what we have coming down the pike and then short term, it's a little bit worrying. But at the same time, Maka Nufe, man, he came out and he's going to be really good this year. I, I, well, don't know, I don't, I don't know that they, they have guys in college that they're that they're missing or. And then right, I, I Ryan Roundy, Ryan Roundy is better than New Putamata. Ryan Roundy is better than Mark Bakoven, or would be better than Mark Bakoven with enough specialist training. There are guys in college that are going to be better than the guys that are there now. I think Cam Dolan has a chance to be that. I think you obviously look at the two guys in, in Ebner and Batamosi. Threaten Palamo. And Threaten Palamo, of course. I think that there are guys, I think Don Potti, I think one of the reasons, now this is me getting inside of Al's head a little bit. I think one of the reasons Don Potti's not considered more seriously is because he's in school. So if we have somebody capable, if Don Potti was outside of school, I think that there's a very good chance he may have gone to the Pan Ams. There are some really good players in college right now who are in college, and if they were out of college, may well have supplanted some of the guys that had gone. Uh, going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break, and we're still going to talk sevens, but we're going to talk some domestic stuff 
talk a little bit about College Sevens, which is a little controversy there, and that's always fun. So we'll be right back on Rugby Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international sevens teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA Sevens. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers sevens and fifteens playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LVIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA Sevens deals and special rates on Stations Casinos Hotels. Once again, go to LVIRugby.com for details. All right, well, we're back on Rugby Matrix America. This is off with... Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton. Don't forget to check on the iTunes app store for uh, your ability to download the Rugged Matrix shows and all the archived shows from iTunes, or you could go to RuggedMatrixAmerica.com and also RugbyMag.com to get the show. Uh, we're back and we're talking sevens. We're talking collegiate seven. And uh, quick disclaimer, of course, uh, U- USA Sevens LLC owns the Collegiate Rugby Championships. It's the Invitational that is run in June uh, on NBC, and USA Sevens LLC is owned by the same people who own RugbyMag.com. So uh, we will put that out there, let you know that there is a little corporate connection there. But the the CRC announced 516 teams are going to be in the tournament, and and those teams are. Dartmouth, Army, Navy, Cal, Arizona, Delaware, Temple, Penn State, South Carolina, sorry, North Carolina State, uh, Wisconsin, Florida, Maryland, Notre Dame, Texas, and Oklahoma. There will be one more place available, and that will be uh, decided at the CRC qualifier at the Las Vegas Invitational at Las Vegas, Nevada, February uh, 10th, 11th. And... Um, you know, this this is the big showcase for collegiate rugby in America. Uh, close to 20,000 people came to see the, the tournament over two days this last time in Chester, Pennsylvania at PPL Park. That's where it's going to be again. And uh, it was on NBC and it was on Universal and Versus. And I think the NBC and the sister networks are all going to be showing it again. So everybody wants to be in this. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to be in this, and a lot of people get upset when they're not invited. And uh, guys, you've even we got flooded with comments on on the website about this. I, mean, I think it's really good that people are upset, and I think that Pat, you wrote a very good column explaining some of the the, the thought processes behind the the fact that the, these teams are invited, right? So so you, you invite a team that's good. You invite a team that can bring fans to the event, and you invite a team that has a following that can get people to watch on TV. And I think if you go down the list, you'll see that there's a reason for all of these teams. But some teams are more equal than others. So there are a few that 
are questionable, and I guess that that's what it comes down to. There are some teams in there that you could question, and you could then turn around and say, why isn't UCLA or Tennessee or St. Mary's in instead of one of these others? And I, and, and I want to know what jumps out at you guys as to, as to a, a, one or two teams that perhaps... I'm not going to say shouldn't be there, but one or two teams you'd like to see replaced with some a couple of teams that you really like. Um, I'll start with um, Temple, and I get why Temple's there. I mean, the the thing is in Philly; it's where Temple is, so it's uh, Temple's there in my in my mind. Um, and granted, I've not been in the conversations with uh, the decision makers on the USA uh, Sevens and uh, the CRC. I have never had conversations with uh, the people that work for USA Sevens about who should be invited or who shouldn't. But um, in my mind, Temple um, is probably invited just because they need to get the local buzz in the media, and they get to need to get that local people caring. Obviously, they have a groundswell of fans and right there in Philadelphia, and that's why they're invited, and they can bring out a large crowd. And Alex, I, you were in Philadelphia last year, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Temple had the largest fan following of everybody. They had There's... a large vocal fan following. They had the men's and women's teams there. So I think, I think the, the Temple fans stepped up. Even though the uh, the Temple team wasn't particularly strong, they they did bring a lot of fans to the event. Yes. Okay, so Temple I would replace with Kutztown because Kutztown's a large state school that is nearby that has shown that they're very very good in sevens. You know they finished second in the CRC qualifier last year. Um, they won the Delaware qualifier this year. Um, I don't know what's going on with Kutztown. I don't know if there's some uh, behind-the-scenes conversations that have rubbed people the wrong way inside you, the CRC with uh, with uh, Kutztown. But it seems like if you wanted to get a local flavor, that Kutztown would be a good pick for that, and they're a very, very good team. So if there's one switch I would make, it would be Kutztown over, over Temple. And if not Temple, then Delaware. You know, switch them. I think Delaware is a very good team that has a, a really exciting player in Jimmy Kowalski. And they're going to be a very worthy team to have on the pitch. Um, so I'm not saying Delaware doesn't belong there, but if somebody belongs there more, I would say it's Kutztown. And Kutztown is closer. Now correct me if I'm wrong again to uh, Philadelphia than Delaware's campus. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's of, the Northeast. They're, they're all like next door to each other. Yeah, they're all pretty close. Um, hey, look, as Pat kind of took a few of the wind out of my sails based on his article. Um, which I thought was extremely well-written and well-thought-out. At the end of the day, it's a business venture. Um, I disagree completely with the teams who were invited. Uh, I think it cheapens the event. I think it makes it worse on TV. I think that um, – I don't think the teams are the best teams. It's proven to be that – that's it's proven to be the case. Um, you know, but, you know, they, they say that they're – this is this is the way they're going to do the business, you know, and I – and. Now, hopefully it works out financially. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it hasn't in the past couple of years. So, um, you know, hopefully it works out this year. Uh, I, I would have done it differently. That's it. I mean, if I were running it, I'd have done it differently. But uh, I'm not okay. running it. That's no, I I, w- I would do it differently too. But at the same time, you know, it it hasn't been borne out that they're not necessarily the best teams. And you look at North Carolina State is probably the best team from that region, or uh, Wisconsin. Winning the Big Twelve, you know, Alex, the Big Ten. Alex, 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 the Big Ten. Alex, Sorry, Alex, excuse me, the Big Ten. Alex, yeah. Who won out west? St. Mary's. 
Who came in and second? Colorado and Colorado. Who yes. Who came in second? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I, I haven't. Mean, I, you know, I, I just. I'm not. I'm just. Okay. All, and I, I understand. Uh, Look, I understand. I'm not, I'm not discounting. I mean, it comes down to St. Mary's is annoyed that they're not in, and I, I think they I should be. And maybe I, they I, are or they aren't. They are. They I are mean, quite quite definitely annoyed that they're not in, and I think they should be because I think they played great. And they should they should be one of those teams that you say is in. There's a bunch of teams that's like, you know, of the 15 in there, I would say 10 of them, you point to it and you say, there's a, there's a compelling reason why they're there. Okay. And 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 it's not necessarily that they are uh, they won a tournament. Now, obviously, Cal didn't play particularly well in in the, the tournament they played in, but Cal, I think you can yeah, point to like, a lot of reasons like why you would bring him Duke, in. That's like inviting Duke basketball. Of course, you would invite mm-hmm. Cal. Yeah, right, right. But I think you can argue. I think you could look at Texas and say, well, they they struggled to beat Texas A and M, so. Uh, you know, t- Texas A&M would be a good swap for them. I think you look at Colorado and you say it's a real shame that Colorado has not been invited. Kutztown, uh, if if you want to name school that could that has a broad reach of alumni that has a lot of people follow them and that has a very good sevens team, you look at UCLA. Even though UCLA didn't win a tournament, came very close. Or you look at UC Davis, or you look at Tennessee. Tennessee won their tournament. And has a, has a big following, so I I think you can argue about this stuff. I mean, I haven't even mentioned Central Washington. Central Washington does not have a big following. Central Washington is just actually a good seven team. Uh, you you can argue for these stuff, and you can look around and say, well, you know, Notre Dame is Notre Dame a, a great sevens program? You know, they're not winning a lot. Oklahoma, you know, I don't know how strong they are this year. Uh, Florida, I don't know how strong they are this year, but we do know. I think that's it. I think the Ultimately, we look at some of the lists and we, we all say, we look at a couple of teams and say, I don't know how strong they are or they won this tournament, but I think we can argue that we know that Utah is going to be strong. We know that St. Mary's is strong because they proved it. Uh, we've, we know that Colorado is, is strong. They proved it. And the same with Arkansas State. So the, the, the thing is, looking ahead to this CRC qualifier in Las Vegas, I hope all those teams go because I think that that's going to be an amazing tournament right there to yeah. see uh, teams fight to get in. The um, you know, guys I've talked to, and I haven't talked to everybody, I haven't reached out to everybody, but uh, you know, I've uh, it's my understanding Arkansas State's going to go to Vegas and put a team into the qualifier. Um, I know Life has already registered for it. They're still looking to see if it's something that is. Uh, you know, fiscally something they can do and, and, and if they can pull off, um, actually making it. Um, but I know that they really want to, um, they have Dan, I think the exact number he told to me, was they're important. Their, their focus is on 15s, 10 to one to set, you know, to sevens, but they would still love to go and play in that tournament. So I know life is looking at it hard. Um, and Davenport is intending to put a team down there. Now Davenport didn't play that well when they played in Midwest sevens. Um, but I think that (laughs) <laughs> that time of year they could put a lot of effort into that over the winter and that would give their guys something to work out for um going into it so anyways another good there, big time sorry i'm sorry pat but there are two teams out of the midwest that i would say would be great and one of them even though they didn't play all that well was davenport and the other one would be miami mm-hmm. miami i think is going to be the miami's very good and Miami may be, and I mean this sincerely, Miami may be the best seven team in the country, um, college seven team in the country. Um, but there again, and I'm going to argue with Bruce in, in, for a second, but yeah, the, 
just you mentioned the Vegas qualifier. That's why I wanted to talk about it. That is going to be last year. That was so much fun to watch. I didn't like I said I didn't get to go to Philly. I was covering fifteen sevens, uh, the fifteens championships in Denver. So I can't compare it to what that what you know what it was to watch that live. But when we were watching um, those teams battle it out for this prize that they coveted more than anything else. I mean, and that they, they co- they'll they'll covet more than the USA Rugby Sevens Championship. Then uh, watching them knock each other out in eliminations matches was just extremely extremely fun to watch. Watching Kutztown knock out Delaware that was one of the funnest games of any kind of rugby I've ever seen. Uh, came down to a last second long range play and it was really exciting. And those teams really wanted to be in it and they got to play in the stadium um, for the semifinals and finals of that. And now this year we know they're going to play in the, in, the, uh, in the stadium during the finals of the CRC qualifier. And I said it in the article you guys have kind of talked about that um, I think this is going to be the most fun sevens tournament uh, to watch live uh, in the entire United States. It's going to be so much fun. It's, I think that there are teams that are going to be there. Going back, I want to reverse a little bit because Bruce said that you got to invite, you know, inviting uh, Cal is like inviting the Duke of basketball. You can't use that argument if you're going to also use the argument that St. Mary's won that tournament, so they should be in. If we're going to go off the results, the very few results that we actually have in College Sevens, and that's going to be your ironclad argument, is that St. Mary's should be in because they won the West, then you can't turn around and say, well, Cal, who lost in the quarterfinal of that tournament, should also be invited just because of who they are fifteen and as a 15s brand. That, to me, that's not uh, a linear what? argument. I'll- you know what? And and it actually wasn't intended to be a linear argument. It was just a matter of I understand inviting Cal, and and it's probably more akin to inviting the 1964 to 1975 UCLA Bruins than it is to inviting Duke basketball. So I I just I just the UCLA Bruins in basketball, but I just think that hey. I, I get it, and 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 the more you guys say all these teams that are that are really great, and all these other teams that everybody's everybody's doing well in sevens, and you know, and you bring in the Davenports and the Lindenwoods and the Miamis and the this and the, uh, you know what? You got to pick sixteen teams. They pick the fifteen teams. They're giving everybody a chance to get the sixteenth seed, and they're doing it at a pretty big event. So hey, I hope it's very successful. You know, I I do think that there are some teams there that aren't very good, so I, I don't think it's a, a particularly great TV product when the teams aren't very. It, there are good things about being on TV when some teams aren't good because it opens up holes and makes things look spectacular. But um, you know, and and that that I guess probably is helpful to have teams that aren't very good. Uh, so there's less pressure and and teams look look awesome, but. I would um, hey. I don't I don't know the answer and possibly the 24 team Hong Kong format, but once you get into 24 teams, it's just like anything else. It's like the NCAA tournament. Who are you leaving out? Who are you leaving out? Who are you leaving out? So they're leaving out teams and and and, but bottom line is they privately fund this. They do things themselves. Nobody's getting any money. And at the end of the day, um, you know. The, the media company is putting up the money and they're they're doing what they're, they're doing what they're gonna do and they're paying for it and bottom line is if you get invited you get invited and if you don't you don't and then there's another championship that nobody that even when you get invited nobody wants to go 
Yeah. Well, that le- yeah, that leads us to the the USA Rugby National Championships now. You know, my opinion, and maybe it'll happen because uh, you know, you, you, we mentioned last week, Bruce, you pointed out that it was a lousy time in in the middle of December, and 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 it would make sense, wouldn't it, to just have uh, the the CRC start june and and a collegiate championship at the end of june and you would just combine those things you'd have you'd have sort of mid-may to to through june and you'd have a collegiate seventh season um but there is a national championship going actually on. you know what can i make a comment on yeah, that yeah okay while i believe that um the, the, maybe the team selection of of the crc has been bad i can't even imagine something dumber than getting into bed with USA Rugby and getting into the politics behind that <laughs> crap and trying to make money. Good luck. That's I mean, I would be dumbing in dirt. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, all things considered, um, you know, USA Rugby having their championship, having it when they do is I mean, the Saturday of finals week. I mean... <laughs> It, it, it's it, it's retarded. It, it's, you know it's it sounds like a really retarded. You know it sounds like a really good time for me to have it if I'm deciding this. How about in Las Vegas? How about yeah, that weekend? That's right. I was because just gonna say. I was clearly just say, all these schools hey. have no problem going there. The being there and like I talked to Butch Neuenschwander from Texas. He's their 15s coach down there, and I asked him if they were going to go back to the CRC qualifier to qualify. And this is before he knew the Longhorns were going to be invited. And he said, yes, that that experience of getting to go in and watch it um, with his kids and being these, being able to see these high level teams play their 15s challenge matches or whatever, that it was such a good experience for his team that there was no reason for them not to go. I mean, it's such a great experience and that would just make Vegas even better. And clearly teams are willing to do it and able to do it. And I don't see why we don't just, uh, USA and the, the, rugby and, and, USA and the timing, on that. the timing is perfect. Pat and, Clifton uh, for Todd Bell's job. The, you know, the other thing this past weekend, we did have some tournaments that created some qualifiers for this national championship. So Dartmouth wins the Ivy league really without breaking a sweat. And, and, you know, I wouldn't say that Dartmouth is overwhelmed with tremendous athletes. I think Madison Hughes, their freshman, is an outstanding young rugby player, but they're not overwhelmed with athletes. But what they do have is an excellent sevens coach who usually tactically uh, outplays his opponents. And that's why they won the CRC for that matter. Well, Dartmouth won that. Uh, going away, they're not going to the national championships because it conflicts with their academic schedule. The school will not let them go. So there's one out. Uh, Boston College won the ECRC uh, tournament, which actually was a surprise because it looked to me like Northeastern was running away with that. Boston College won that. Looks like they're probably, I haven't heard that they're not going, so that they're going to go. But Pat, uh, you heard that we've got uh, another confirmed no-show for nationals is that right yeah i've got through a couple different sources that um have heard it and um both of them are pretty reliable and both of them uh yeah would know so we can go ahead and chalk byu as out of going they qualify qualified through mountain sevens in denver um or in glendale i should say a couple weeks ago and they're not going to go either and it's um from what i hear it's a combination of the academic calendar and the fact that it wasn't budgeted into this thing. Um, I mean, was it last month that we finally had the official announcement that this was actually going to happen? Um, so how can teams put that into their budget, and especially a team like BYU, who, 
yes, they do have a lot of resources, but they also have a lot of expenditures and the fact that they're in the college premier division and they intend to be in the national final every year. So how, how can you expect a team like that with so many, um, you know, their budget already being sky high to be able to officially find out that they can qualify for a tournament in December and October and be able to make it. Not everybody can do that. Um, because a lot of their resources are probably already tapped because of they know they're going to most likely plan for a national championship in May. So anyways, yeah, BYU is out. Um, so that leaves you three at-large bids, one from each one of those conferences. The second-place team does not autom- automatically get that bid. Air Force does not get BYU's bid. So now you have three more at-large bids to go around. So we were talking, I think, a couple weeks ago about uh, who would get those at-large bids and – it seemed like a foregone conclusion that the second place teams and all the qualifiers would actually get those bids. Um, so it still makes sense that the second place teams would end up getting an at large bid, not automatic, but it, it seems to make sense that Air Force would get an automatic or would get an at large bid, um, that Harvard would get an at large bid, um, and that all the second. So it would still make sense that those teams will get it, um, but we're going to start seeing a lot more third place teams get it. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see some second place teams turn it down. You know, Harvard. Sure. Well, well, they've got to decide quickly. It, it, it comes down to the same thing, right? They've got to decide quickly so people can look around. We're now bearing down on a month before the tournament. And we're talking we're, – we're spilling over into Christmas travel time now. Mm-hmm. The expense is going to be a big pain in the butt, isn't it? And you're, you're, you're 16th and 17th of, of December, which is a Friday and Saturday, by the way. A Friday and Saturday BYU's. to accommodate BYU. I mean uh, this right. is well thought out by USA Rugby. Um, on top of the – hey, look. The problem is parents spend $50,000 a year in many cases to send their kids to college. In a lot of these schools, like Dartmouth's and Harvard's and that, and BC, even I, I would be very shocked if BC shows up. Um, you take a look at that, and yeah, mom and dad, I'm gonna go down to Texas, to Texas A&M for the Sevens National Championship. Dur- and but I'm not gonna be able to study for my finals. And and can I have seven hundred bucks? Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. And then when it they is... come out with the bad, I mean, it, this is you. I mean, this couldn't have done anything worse to give a blight on rugby than to have a bunch of kids getting crappy grades so that they could play in a crappy tournament. And I hope it goes off well. But I mean, and this was this was this was very poorly planned out. That's right. a shock. You know, you know, it's it, yeah, it's, it's it wasn't planned, right? Because there's in never the end, you... been a plan for anything. Do you remember the plan that they did? Their their plan, the the USA Rugby plan to to take over the world. It's like it's, I feel like it's Stewie's plan from freaking Family Guy. Actually, Stewie makes better plans. I, I will ask this question though: If this game is if USA Rugby has the funding that they thought, because I think it's pretty easy for me to tell you, at least make the argument, it's my opinion, that USA Rugby thought it was going to be on television. They thought they were going to have the money for television, and then now it turns out they don't. If this game is, if this tournament's on ESPN2, and I'm just stabbing in the dark here, if this tournament's on ESPN2, are we still talking about how big of a failure it is? And are we still having teams like Dartmouth and BYU choose not to come if it's on ESPN2? Hey, bro, I'll tell you how much it costs to get on TV. It costs about forty grand to get on TV. 
Okay, you 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 can get your your thing on TV for about forty grand, and if you want to buy the the ad space, it's another forty. And yeah. I, so the reality, and and you probably could do it for sixty, you know, instead of doing it for eighty, and do it well, and have guys, you know, you can get as as much as people want to go visit and sit, and are very good announcers, and you know, Alex would go, and you know. Brian Lowe would go and sit and these guys can all go. They're all decent announcers and they would go for essentially nothing or a very limited amount of money. You know? That's sadly true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, can, if you get anything, you get more than I get for doing this show. So <laughs> if you get a, if you get a, if you get a coffee and a donut, um, although I'm not going to be eating donuts anymore. I did have cannoli cream tonight though. Um, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, so, but yeah, hey, look, I, I, I hope everything really goes well, and I hope everybody has a good time. Doc Jones was so excited when they won their sevens tournament down in Delaware. He sent out a bunch of uh, pictures and showed me some of the stuff, me and a few other guys that you know, I, I actually thought it would have been a bigger list, which is like four or five guys. So he's really proud. They want to go down. They want to win. And I hope it's all, I hope it's a great event. And I know that, you know, Craig Coates is going to do a good job down there. I, I just... I just wish that this was this was better thought out by USA. I'm not blaming anybody involved from the rugby aspect, the teams, and that. I'm blaming the planning at the, at the national office. What the heck? They swung, they, the they swung for the fences, and they fell down with a huge whiff. Is what they did. They yeah. were like yeah, but, a rod but, in the in the Yankees playoffs for crying out loud. Well. Uh... Bruce points out that it, it while it does cost money to get something on TV, you it, it doesn't cost uh, a prohibitive amount of money. And if you turn around to your existing sponsors and say, "Look, you've got at worst you've got a little bit of value added, or we are, we're going to get you to uh, you know, can you pony up a little bit more? You start to defray costs. Maybe it starts to work. And I think I think Pat, you 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 hit it. If if it's on. If it's on high-profile TV, that makes it look good. If it's on high-profile TV and people are watching, so you see fans in the background, that's a big win. And it and in the end, I mean, we go full circle to the CRC. It doesn't matter who's there, if that's if that's the event and that's the. I, I actually think that that's something that could actually work, is if they had the college, the USA College Sevens Championship at the CRC, then teams may actually just go attempt to try to win the USA championship, even if they're in the CRC championship and then allow the CRC people to pick, you know, then like say for instance, a a team that won, say Dartmouth wins the USA national championship at the CRC, then okay. Now, now the CRC picks their own at large bid. That's the gamble you take, but everybody can join and they can have a giant tournament. You can, you can have, you know, two team pools, you know, three team pools with two games, winner goes through. And you can have, you can, you can, have, a you lot can of, have a lot of those. And when I mean, you do it over a two or three days period, there's a lot of creative ways you can run a sevens tournament and, and have what would be a national champion. And it would be, it would be pretty fantastic. And ah, you know what? Look, we're going to sit here trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, they, there's no easy answer to this. There is no easy answer to this. And I, I think that, I think that, yeah. 
while we were still loosely talking about the CRC, I didn't get a chance to interject it earlier, but um, Colorado is a team that I said last year we ought to consider for the CRC. True. I, yeah. They were, they were a team I was talking about with Oklahoma and uh, Colorado is NC, a really – And NC State. I remember you mentioned NC State. Well, NC too. State was a no-brainer for me last year, but it, yeah. either ways. Uh, yeah, Colorado is a team that I've, I've seen them play a couple of times in the summer. But plus with Colorado, you also get the possibility that you're going to get Chris Birdman Anderson from the Denver Nuggets to show up to your event. So that's some pretty good little B-roll in between, <laughs> um, in, in between action because Chris Birdman Anderson's little brother plays for the Colorado Buffaloes. And I was got big time by Birdman at the uh, Denver Sevens this last summer. Hey, Chris, can I have an interview? Nope, nope. Sorry, later. Next time, though. Next time. Ouch. With his giant, long arm, stiff farming. Burn. Birdman, his, burn. Yeah. You know, and and, and talking about stunt. I mean, this is not stunts, but you know what I think would be great in the CRC, and I really would like to see them do it one year because Army and Navy are always going to be at the CRC, in my opinion. Get Air Force in there and get Coast Guard Academy and do an all-service academy pool. Cool. I think that would I would think would be great. I, I know Air Force it. is quite miffed that they are being left out. Well, sure, and and uh, you know, again, I, I'm I think it's great that people want to be in it, and I think it's sad that. At the USA event that some people can't make it or don't want to 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 get there, and I and I realize that there there are obstacles there. Um, can you have an old Birkenstock pool too? So you're gonna have like the Peacenick pool, like with yeah, yeah. Not, okay, that, not so that Cal Berkeley would be not that, not their rugby sure, program sure. would be considered the Peacenick stuff, but you know, I mean, the school in and of itself. Then you can have like the then you can have Kent your Second State? Amendment people. You can have Texas yeah, yeah. and. I don't know, yeah, you get okay. You get you get Berkeley in there with Reed College, in uh, in Oregon, and and uh, and if we could resurrect the rugby program in my town at Evergreen State College, you would do that, and maybe something like out in Vermont, Marlboro College. Uh, yeah, I think you could get a a pretty good uh, group of things going on there. So, I think that'd be fabulous. You know, the the we are seeing a lot better teams in college uh, sevens especially through this fall, but we, we, we haven't – the depth of it and going going down that list, first and second and then third, there's going to be a real drop-off because um, some, of the, some of those teams that won their tournaments, they won by huge margins. It really wasn't close between first and second. And then you start thinking about going to third. Um, I really think that we need to see uh, some good judgment go into there because we know – that the the tournaments that were in California were were pretty deep. We know that that the, was UC Davis finished third, third or fourth, uh, and UC Davis is actually a very good sevens team. Well, based uh, on conversations I have, Davis and Cal Poly may come to the same conclusion that Dartmouth and BYU may come with. So yeah. I think it may be it, it's going to. From they what I was told, wanna, the at-large conferences are supposed to be happening within the next couple of days. So. It's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen, and I think that there's still a lot of push. We talked about the board, ma- the 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 collegiate competitions committee. We talked about them uh, pushing for some decisions. They're still pushing for th- some decisions. There's still some stuff they want to see, uh, and they still want to see some budget. This is so rich coming from you. The CRC people are saying that the USA people got to make good decisions on making sure good teams show up at the tournament. Come on, man. No. But that's know, not what I said. Give a brother a break. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the, at some point they can't just blindly go first and second. They're going to have to make a judgment call. Why they? And judgment calls are hard. 
I think it's oh. great. I think it's hilarious, and I think it goes. Uh, I, I I don't. All right, let me backtrack. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's hilarious. They should have done it um, in another time. But it, me and my dark sense of humor a little bit. It's funny that when USA Rugby has announced all of their um, press releases for the USA Sevens Championship months and months and months after they should have, they've typically used a photo of BYU and Cal. And now you're not going to have BYU and Cal at your event. One for a reason because they didn't win, and one for the reason that they can't go because of your poor planning. And now you're going to have. I mean, it's just to me, it's hilarious that people moan and moan and moan about how you should have the best teams in the CRC, and then USA Rugby comes along, the one that actually you pay your dues to, you actually pay your taxes to, the one that owes you a chance to play in the best tournament in America, and they can't deliver either because the the best the best. Let me make this bold uh, prediction. The best competition in America will be in Vegas at the CRC qualifier. That very well may be end up being true. That's going to be awesome. Well, we will be right back here on Rugby Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international sevens teams to the American stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7s. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7s and 15s playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LVIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on Stations Casinos hotels. Once again, go to LVIRugby.com for details. And we are back with Rugby Matrix America. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com. Don't forget to check out RugbyMag.com for all the news on rugby in the United States and around North America. And go to RugbyMatrix.com to check out the Rugby Matrix International Show, which is really great, and you really should look at that. And I'd also ask you to check out my Movember page. Go to Movember.com and do a search for Rugby Magazine. Join the team. Donate for... Uh, for cancer causes and uh, I'm growing facial hair to uh, support that and you'll get some updates on how that's going uh, whether you want to see more pictures of me uh, I don't know but I'm told that the right now I'm told by Mrs. Golf on Rugby that the facial hair makes me look younger so uh, I, I may be sticking with it for a while um, I, I think that does it for us and, uh, and, and Bruce, Pat, you guys going on this Movember thing? Uh, physically incapable of joining <laughs> the party. I tried for like a week, got nothing but ridicule. It's ridiculous. Eighth graders, uh, sixth graders grow hair better than I do. Okay. Um, I am a very hairy gentleman, and right now I have, uh, you know, I have probably three or four days growth of a beard and mustache and all that will probably out outdo what a lot of people do in a month. But uh, after my surgery, I will shave. No, I, I am not doing the uh, the Movember, although I will probably uh, give some 
give some money to some of the people who are doing Movember stuff. You know, they send out all the emails, hit this link and join my team. So, um, you know, and, and so I guess I'll hit the link and, and join the team and, and, and hopefully somebody can be helped by it. Well, thanks a lot to the guys who uh, have have already joined the Rugby Mag uh, team, and 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 it's really uh, very exciting to see those that group because they're they're not it's not like they're people I hang out with personally. So I'm really uh, happy to see uh, Joel and Andrew and Brian and Jason and Usani all signing up. So uh, go to uh, Movember.com, check out Rugby Magazine USA, and donate for that, and. Thanks a lot for listening. For Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean, this is Alex Goff saying this has been Rugger Matrix America.